Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. I'm your host, Ryan Teague, and today we have a super, super special guest. I am so, so stoked to be able to bring Toby on the podcast. But as always, guys, if you're enjoying the podcast, I would absolutely love it if you could head over to Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, leave a review, share it with your family and friends. And again, so, so stoked. Our new website's now live, ryanteague.co, where we're selling now the Feather and Finch presets. We've got one-on-one mentoring options and the short e-course on how to create moody products. Head over there, check it out. Super honored to have Square Moose design the custom Squarespace website. And yeah, super stoked on it. But today's episode, guys, we dive deep. Toby actually owns Atkins Health. He is not a photographer. He's actually a past client of mine under Feather and Finch. But it's interesting how the worlds change and time rolls around because now Toby is helping me in my business. And I need you to tune into this. I need you to have a notepad and pen because this episode today will inspire you to make change, will give you implementable things to do to totally transform your life. I mean, I reached out to Toby months ago because I knew the knowledge and skill set that he had to offer would benefit me personally in my business and in life. So I'm honored to bring Toby Atkins on the podcast and I hope you'll enjoy it. Hey, um, welcome to the podcast, Tobes. Bit different today, man. Obviously, interviewing a uh, previous wedding couple, groom, and uh, <laughs> business mentor to me, man. So I want to obviously welcome you to the podcast, dude. Thanks, Heath, man. Absolute pleasure, and, and I'm super honored and humbled to be asked to come join today. And it's amazing how um life went around in a big circle, right? Like I want to give the listeners a bit of an insight, even myself with a short-term memory loss like I have, but <laughs> how it all came to fruition that I ended up photographing your wedding. And then I want to talk about how well, our position now together and then go into the business stuff. Nice, man. Yeah, yeah. So um, I suppose I got introduced to you from my wife, uh, Cassandra, when she was out there looking for photographers for our wedding. And uh, she did all the homework, as you can imagine, mostly happens, I imagine, in a lot of couples. And um, yeah, she's showing me around and, and showing me a few photos. And I'm like, man, this, yeah, your, your stuff, your work was amazing. But then it wasn't until it was when I got that, that email. And I've told you this multiple times. is when you emailed back and did your, your intro that I was like, dude, this guy's a fucking legend. This guy seems like my kind of guy. Caught up with you in the house. And yeah, I was like, that's it. We're, we're sorted. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Yeah, obviously our situation was pretty unique. Um, unfortunately, we had some health issues in our, in our family, and that required us to to do two weddings. And yeah, again, man, like your generosity and and um, when you heard about that, it was like, dude, I'm going to cover that whole story, man. It, that that absolutely blew our fucking socks off, and something that you know I'll never forget. And and seriously, just meant the absolute world to me. Yeah, and then am I just going to keep rolling? Yeah, <laughs> let's keep rolling to uh, yeah to after the wedding, the actual wedding, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, cool. So the second wedding came around. Um, I'm sure most people are on the wedding got pretty stressed. You came and gave that calming face, which was like wicked because I was like, "Fuck, we got to get here, we got to get here," and you're like, "Dude, just chill." So it was really, it was really sick for me. It was like having honestly, like, and we didn't know each other all that well, but at yeah. this time, but it was like having another mate there with me, which was really, really cool. And then, yeah, get involved with the wedding and, and all your parts to play and how well you got along with all my family and friends and all that kind of thing. I was like, yeah, this is, this is really fucking cool. And then fast forward after the wedding, we caught up uh, a couple of times, obviously, because of the wedding. And then you reached out to me, actually, to help with one of your health kind of situations. And um, 
it was awesome for me to actually have the opportunity to be able to give back to you. That was, you know, my first thing. I was like, fuck, this is amazing. I actually get the opportunity to give back all the, this um, amazing work and things that you've done for, for me and my family. And um, so obviously we jumped in and I hope to have helped you, um, obviously, with your health stuff. And then, yeah, then again, again, you <laughs> reached out again and, and was like, dude, like, again, honored me with with a lot of praise and the stuff that we've been able to do um, here at Akintelf and and kind of jumped on board and was like, hey, man, like, can you give me a hand and, and talk to me around around business? So I suppose that gives a, a very brief and summary and snapshot of, of I suppose, our relationship to, to date. Man, it, it's been a while. It's been a few years in the making, huh? And it's amazing how it's come around, right? Like from from a wedding inquiry to photographing the wedding to helping me physically with my body after an L5 herniation, post-surgery, getting my body back up. And then like business, I look back now and I'm like, I could never have seen anything like this like coming to life, but it just seemed to have happened so perfectly. And like, I'm super honored. Like, so for the listeners out there, they probably don't know I had a you know, major back problem and went through surgery. We won't go into the details of uh, the stuff around I got from um, so-called specialists in the health industry. And I've been a personal trainer for obviously a long time prior. I had a kind of very basic understanding of anatomy and stuff. And I hold myself accountable to all my actions. So when I was going to see physios and doing some things that now I question why the heck did I do it? I can see where the issues kind of came. And anyway, long story, I ended up having surgery and after surgery, had more pain than pretty much pre-surgery. And and it was real, real interesting. Like, as I said to you, so when, when we first met, so many of the specialists were just telling me it was all in my mind. And like, it got to a point, man, like, I think it was like five weeks into working with a specific specialist. And I was just like, fuck, bro, like, just stop. Like, I don't want to hear that shit anymore. Like, pain is pain. Mm. It's hurting me. I was just like, is anyone going to listen? Like, I'm not crying wolf here, you know? And then, um, you know, it was so interesting. Like, obviously, and then we connected. And man, it was like a godsend. I like, honestly, like, I always have spoken highly about yourself. And I know, like, through the wedding, it was very, you know, it was like my service. And then the service you gave me and you broke everything down. I was like, man, like, why aren't there more humans like this? And then, obviously, man, like, I always kind of knew I'd get back to, like, where I was, but not so quick. And like, you know, that injury, as I said to you, that injury completely changed my my valuation and things in life, especially like the small things like just going for a surf, you know. And then it was so amazing how you broke it all down and gave me like a roadmap. And now I look at it and I'm like, holy shit, I don't believe I would have got there without you. And so we, we got that done and like, man, I mean, I, I will forever honor you for that. And then we turn it into... So the listeners out there, Toby runs an incredible business called Atkins Health and we'll go deep into the business and how he's taking charge uh, and also growing and, and, and created a team because a lot of photographers out there were a one-man thing. We all kind of are in our own head at times. And I remember having the services of your business, Toby, I was like, this is it. Like, <laughs> why am I looking just for photography mentors? Because I always have a, you know, my philosophy is every man can teach me something and I'm always willing to learn. But I never really looked outside photography. And mm. there was ne- really no one there in line at that time when I was like wanting to scale and maybe feeling a little lost in the business and 
looking at outside opportunities. And then your business came in and offered its service. And I'm like, holy shit, this is the guy that I can vibe with every day of business. Like, man, I wish we were flatmates sometimes, but I know, uh, I know, I know Cassie's getting no words in, right? Like, oh, man, 100%. <laughs> I, I just I want to jump in there, man. I just want to say a couple of things because I think it's really important, um, especially for your listeners to kind of understand what I believe is the reason you got such amazing results. And genuinely, I think, you know, you, you give the kudos to me, but really honestly, dude, I'm just a facilitator. And I truly honestly believe that particularly, you know, when, when it comes to, you know, our relationship now, and even, you know, with your health, like the reason you got such quick results, is honestly the mindset that you had. I often, you know, kind of talk to, to the clients that we come in, uh, that come in and see us. And, most of the work, and, and I, I can't stress this enough to people, most of the work is actually done on the psychology and mindset of the person. And that's not to detract from the actual physical pain that was going on. And as you said, it, you know, it was the approach, I believe, of, of the, the, the specialist teams that were not doing you justice that really kind of ruined you and made that process such a long, drawn-out, unsuccessful process because they weren't listening. Um, and if they did listen, they would have realized that they honestly had a gem in the rough in that you were keen as shit to actually get better and willing to do whatever it took to get there. And that, honestly, you know, I often say that we're a product of our habits, right? And your habits are on point. Like that's, I learned from you in, in terms of the way that you you structure your life and, and how much you get done. It's, it's truly incredible. So I want to flip that switch a little bit for those listening and, and, and make sure that they understand that it's actually you that got the results and, and I was just kind of there to help you along the journey. Man, you're too kind. I knew you'd do that. <laughs> you made me <laughs> blush. Though. You made me blush, bro. Let's dive into the business because that's where we are currently. So listeners, Toby got me healthy, physically able. Now I'm hitting the gym. I'm back to surfing. I am feeling exactly like I was, but building up with a great uh, knowledge basis now from Toby retraining my body and my mind. But now, guys, Toby's actually really like mentoring me in my business and, and very much of a, a friendship basis of communication and throwing ideas around. So diving into Atkins Health Tobes, where did it start for you? And can you give the listeners about insight into where it is now? Because it's a very b- big difference, I'm sure. Yeah, massive, man. Um, I'll try and stay relatively succinct. Otherwise, we'll be here till nightfall. <laughs> but yeah, no, basically, Atkinself started for me probably in university, to be honest, like the, the idea of it. And, and that was because I was looking at, I've always been interested in health, fitness, you know, and, and medical kind of the worlds that come up with the industries that, that help people become successful in whatever that may be, whether it be getting them out of pain or out of discomfort or, or helping them progress past that into performance-based orientated goals. I've always been interested in that area. And, and to be honest with you, the, the main, funnily enough, even though my profession is an exercise physiologist, my true passion is actually in psychology. And that was where I wanted to go um, originally. I chose to differ because I didn't like the way that it was taught at university. It was very you know, theoretical and not very practical in the way that they examined it. But yeah, back to Atkinsell. So I graduated from exercise physiology and was looking for basically a company out there that was looking to do things differently, be innovative and, and not kind of look on, be resting on the morals of the, those in the past. Because to me, there's a serious problem at hand here. And, and that problem is that we have these three industries out there that are designed and, and, and created to try and help people become more successful human beings. And in my honest, true belief is that, that we're not doing a very good job. And, and the reason I say that is because, you know, the data shows it. 
conditions are getting worse, disabilities are on the rise, and it all, it, they're all rising and rising faster, you know, than the population growth is. So we can't kind of just say, oh, yeah, that's because there's more people in the world. That's not the case. You know, diabetes is the worst it's ever been, same with obesity, all these kind of things, right? And those two things, even in, in and of themselves, lead to so, more common, so many more comorbidities. And to be honest with you, man, I, I couldn't find a company out there that was really doing it. I couldn't find a business that was here for the right reasons, and that was to get, you know, client results, but on a scale and on a level that was actually kind of going to create an industry change. So that got me to begin Atkinsel from started as just me uh, subcontracting to to some, uh, a few different people out there um, doing my bit. I then kind of realized that you know really. To create influence, you have to make enough of a movement, right? Like, so I created Atkinself and be, became more of a thing. So I started hiring people, created the vision, you know, which um, to this day is through innovation to revolutionize health. You know, that's why we exist. Um, every single decision we make is is in alignment to that. That's my job as CEO or CBR, um, as we like to call it, um, you know, Chief Visionary Officer, to keep everything we do in alignment with that. Yeah, so we started. I started collecting like-minded people, basically, and you know, started creating a company that, to me, is more of a movement than what it is a business. So I often tell people this: this company is going to be here long after I'm dead. People join this not because of me, but because of the reason that we exist. And I'm just here as as the temporary leader of this movement. So that's that's kind of truthfully why the company exists and why we're here. And yeah, so fast forward, we're now I think just short of. 30 team members with, I think, something like 17 allied health professionals, um, a few different levels of management, an IT division to help us create better decisions with IT and data, a marketing team to help you know show people who we are and what we do and, and bring more people in to, to change more lives. Toby, going back, did you ever have a vision of where it would be like it is now? It's a great question, man. And it's one I've got to answer, honestly. I had a vision and a purpose that I knew that I was going to stop at nothing to get to yeah, and create. But did I know that we were going to be where I am right now with the team I've got right now, you know, crossing into different industries like IT and dev and marketing? No, I, I couldn't have picked that. And it's funny, again, the, the, the reason I think that that's happened is because it comes back to that question around people, right? I've collected people who want to join in the journey. And it just so happened that one of those people were actually in IT and development. Do you know what I mean? Like we, we hire based on people yes. um, and we go, right, I, I go, far out, this guy's amazing. I think he can help us on that journey. Let's fucking create something so that he can join us and help us move. Do you feel as though, because you've, you have a team now, like you've created mm -hmm. a team, do you ever feel like it was very difficult to find the right person? Because I know we've gone through this whole like matrix of personalities, which I'm sure we'll go into. But And, and it's real interesting how you said like, you know, really facilitating his needs as well, like his purpose and what they're good at. But did you ever find yourself like, wow, okay, cool. I've got this vision. I need this type of person. Where do I go? Yeah, great question. Yeah, so uh, I suppose I'm a quotes guy. I mean, I know you know that, Ryan. <laughs> and, um, it helps me remember shit, to be honest with you, and kind of stay on track. And yeah, again, I, I, love, I just want to shout back to uh, something that you said earlier, which I love and live by myself is there's always someone you can learn off right and if you become a student in your life it means you're always learning and that's incredible you know so as much as you, you call me your business mentor i learn a shitload off you as well man so i really appreciate that so to answer your question 
the simple answer is yes, absolutely. I'm like, fuck, there's a gap here. I need this person. Um, oh, shit, where do I find that, right? But it's interesting. I, I didn't really come to that point until probably about three years ago. So up until that point, I didn't really kind of have that knowledge. Um, and it was more for me around just finding great people, not necessarily filling a, a gap in, in the business or a personality trait or a, a characteristic in the business. It was more, oh my God, I got these great people. I've got to facilitate them, which is still part very much of what we do. But yeah, to answer your question, yes, there was definitely a lot of different times as I began to learn. And, and funnily enough, the way I learned it was problems started to rise. There were gaps in the business that started to kind of unfold. And the bigger we got and the more we were doing, the larger those gaps became. And then it, sat, it meant, you know, sitting down and doing self-reflection going, well, shit, like what, what is it that is actually the cause of this gap and, and who is the right person to kind of fill that? Does that answer your question? 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Diving into something you just said at the end and self-reflection, when you, when you feel like a problem's arisen, do you do a practical self-reflection like sitting down and how does that look for you? Yeah, massive, man. Honestly, self-reflection is the most underutilized and under-talked about you know, skill set, like genuinely. And when you're a leader of anything, I think self-reflection kind of goes further than just self. You kind of consider self as the entity or the group that you're leading. So yeah, dude, I, I honestly reflect Jesus. I, I would literally say, I would almost want to overquote and say hundreds of times a day, like genuinely, like genuinely. So everything I do, I always, as soon as I leave that scenario, I'm like, fuck, was that a good scenario? What was the outcome? You know, was I happy with my performance? You know, the process that I took? Yes, no. Oh, if it was a yes, like what did I do well there that I can repeat again next time? Or, or what, you know, could have I improved upon? And how could I go ahead and, and do that? And if I don't know how, who, who can teach me? You know, that concept, that conversation is an internal dialogue that literally happens all the time. Like I'll, I'll, when we finish this podcast, it'll likely just start to appear yeah, wow. <laughs> afterwards. That's, uh, that's super interesting. I want to stay on to the growth of the business. Like obviously a lot of exercise physiologists always a mouthful, mm-hmm. but EPs, a lot of them are obviously sole traders or they're, you know, they're just renting a space or they're working for a company. Do you believe like the shift from you from going from an EP, I know you're still an EP, but going mm-hmm. from an EP to being the CVO, do you think you have to be a specific type of person that wants that? Rather than just, you know, putting your hand up and going, Hey, I, I see a problem here. I'm gonna grow into that type position. Like, did did you always have that in you? It's a really good question. Um, and it's one that I battle with a lot, both again in that internal dialogue and also, you know, we're talking with lots of different people. I genuinely believe that anyone can do anything. I really mean that. But it comes down to what people are passionate at and where their genius modes are whether or not it's going to come naturally and easily to them or whether or not they're going to have to work harder to get there. So I genuinely believe that anyone can do what, I, what I've done. I really mean that. But it may be harder for some people than others. And to be honest with you, again, I, I truly believe that people should be looking for what they, they're good at and what they like doing and, and really kind of honing in on that space instead of trying to become something that they think they mm. should, if that makes sense. Mm. I love that. Oh, man, I'm nodding right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like 
society kind of frame this concept of mm. what success looks like. And so, you know, if you're not an entrepreneur, which is the gimmick, like you, you know how yeah, much yeah. I fucking hate that word, right? Um, but if you're not an entrepreneur running a show or doing this, thing, yeah. you know, you, you're not a true success. I call bullshit on that. And yeah, it actually really pisses me off that concept. Mm. And it's, it's something that often comes up actually in our, into our interview stages. Uh, a lot of people that come and work with us, they, they often say, like, cause we ask them, you know, we do things like vision meets and stuff in our company. And often people say, you know, like one day I'd love to be, you know, have my own business. And, and I love it when they say that, cause the next question I always ask is, oh, that's amazing. Like why? Yeah. And the, the, the answer is usually one of two things. And it's usually either the flexibility to create and do what I think is right. Or, oh, you know, man, because I want to, you know, I want to earn more money. Mm. And I, I'm like, fuck. If those two things are the reason, come join our team and you'll get both anyway. Yes. Like you don't need to go through the heartache of being a fucking business owner to do that. That's not why I do mm. this. It's real interesting you brought that up. Something I really forgot about. It's someone from a big tech company said that you don't always have to be a number one or a number two or a number three. You might be the best number four. So mm. yeah, like and then, and then you know, bringing it back to the simplicity of sports, he's like, everyone has a position for their body and abilities. And it doesn't mean number seven is better than number nine or number nine is better than number 11. It means they are suited for that position. 100%. And that position fulfills them. Like if you play American football and you know, you're a runner with the ball and then they put you as a kicker, that's not going to fulfill you. No, you know? but you're going to hate gonna, it. Yeah, that's right. But someone's going to be fulfilled. And it's, it's interesting, like business-wise, same deal, right? Like I always knew for me, I always wanted to not be the number one. I wouldn't say number one, but I always wanted to be the business owner. Like I always wanted to have my own team. Obviously, you're helping me to work towards that and grow and scale and look at other things as well. But like that was the purpose, like straight away for me. And then that's always been in me. But it's it's so amazing. Like, cause like you said, so many people think you got to be number one, you know, number one. It's crazy, right? And I hope you don't mind. I'm going to use you for, as an example mm. here. Like when you say that you want to earn a business, or you want to be a business owner, and we dig really deep into this, mm. you and I. And and I, one of the, the the coolest things about going deep into the whys of things is like the reason you wanted to be a business owner was because you wanted to help motivate and grow others. Do you know what I mean? Like that was the reason for it. So that in itself is what you want to do and what you want to become. Mm. And, and it just so happens that in your life and in your world, that was what you pertain to being a business owner. Like you could be a fucking manager of a, a huge organization and be able to motivate and create other people. You don't have to be a business owner for that. I mean, there was other reasons that for you, for you personally that made it work perfectly to be a business owner, likewise for myself. But like the idea is, is that I think society pre-frames things too much, I think. Mm. So given the listeners a bit of insight into practical ways, how we unpick things, like you're more than happy to use me as a, a reference on this, but like how we can unpick where we should be positioned as people, individuals. Are there any practical tips? I know we've done a matrix before, which totally yeah. changed everything for me. <laughs> so yeah. like, yeah, let's dive into how we unpick things for myself and how others can do it too. Nice, man. I love that. Yeah, cool. So the matrix you're talking about, um, you know, I try to remember exactly where I learned this from. So I can't take credit for it being my own. But one thing I do love is we call it the genius mode. And the idea is, is, is essentially... You want to kind of find out what is your genius mode. And the way 
there's heaps of different kind of books out there um, that talk about this same concept, this same mode or the same zone might be your flow zone and all this kind of shit, right? The way that we look at it is like this 80-20 principle as well. So we want to spend 80% of our time in what we call this genius mode. So to give you the practical advice on how to do that or how to figure out what your genius mode is, it's super fucking simple, to be honest. You draw four boxes or you don't even need to draw the boxes. Four headings, right? It's like things I like doing, things that I'm good at, and you'll often find that there's some, some crossover there and things that I'm not good at and things that I don't like doing, right? And the idea is, is that you start to unpick these things and kind of go, fuck, like, yeah, right. Well, you know, the things that I'm really good at, I actually really enjoy doing. So, I mean, technically, you're going to be able to give more value if you spend more time in that space, right? And then you've got all the other shit that you don't like doing and things that you're not good at. And so it makes fucking zero sense to be spending a shitload of time doing that, right? So then, and then you start to find these gaps. And, and funnily enough, you know, when you talk about this on an organizational like structure or organizational side of things, when you're doing this with multiple people and you start to kind of see personality traits come out as well, right? Like you got your visionary, you got your refiner, you've got, and and this is all stuff. Um, you know, again that you, you read in books, Principles by Ray Dalio. Again, um, massive kudos to him. Uh, love him. He's amazing. And in that book, it talks about the idea of these different types of personality traits, but. The beauty of doing that practical matrix is you start to kind of see, fuck, like the business needs this, or I need this in my life. Someone needs to do the dishes. You know, you know, me, me and the wife fucking hate doing the dishes. Someone needs to do that. And that's both in our, our 20% of things that we don't like doing. So we both don't like doing it. Okay. So now we've got a decision to make. Do we hire someone to do the dishes or do we just accept that that's one thing that we're going to do? Right. And, and the same concept flows into everything. It's so interesting how you break that down. I remember when we sat down and did this and you're like, dude, you've already done this. Like when you first started photographing, you realized that you didn't want to sit behind yeah. a computer and start editing and culling. And you, the second wedding you photograph, you hired someone to do that without yeah. even thinking about it. And, and I think a lot of people go through that. They're like, just like, hey, dude, I fucking hate chopping timber in the yard. So I'm going to get a gardener to do it without even thinking, hey, like there could be something here where I can really structure whether it's business or lifestyle or whatever. But it was amazing when we like sat down maybe six months ago or something and we, we worked it out because obviously now I'm doing it for other people in the business and then putting a hat on and saying, how can I stop this person doing too much of those things on the left side that they're actually not interested in or not great at to facilitate the things on the right side, which was like a bow to me. Hey, I was just like, bro, if I can sit down with someone and say, man, I know you love this. Like you, you love doing that. You said you do. You really want to be good at that. And you are really good at that. But you want to be better. And I know you hate that. But that's part of your job right now. But me, I'm going to help take that away from you to help facilitate the right side. Which man, like it makes me smile thinking about that so much. <laughs> and it's fucking sick, dude. And, and this is why I'm such a believer. You know, like as much as you couldn't get two industries that are further from each other, right? Sure. Photography and exercise physiology. But the, the, literally a lot of the problems in both these mm. industries, I believe, come and stem from the exact same fucking place. Mm. You know, there's too many people doing the, their shit on their own, right? Whereas if they got together and, and started to create organizations and movements like what you're doing and, you know, what, what I'm doing mm -hmm. and what you end up doing is you're creating not only incredible happiness because you and fulfillment because you're spending more time doing the things you are good at and you do like doing because you've got other people mm -hmm. in the team 
who sort the other shit out. And like mm. you said, it was just like the fucking second thing you did was get rid of editing, right? Best decision you've ever made. You probably didn't even realize it at the time. 100%. And then what ends up happening is the, the quality of your what your your business and your company or your your team produce goes up here because what ha- ends up happening is you, you're basically developing a, a team of specialists. Mm. And then together, because the output is so much higher, because your input is so much happier and fulfilled, you then grow. Mm. And it just happens organically from there. I remember... Um, I mean, I can speak on behalf of most photographers. Most photographers are spending 60% of the time editing more, maybe 70%. You know, it's crazy. And you know, I might know 50 photographers personally, right? Around Australia and New mm. Zealand, some overseas. And I, I can kind of say, I believe 95% of them all would say, I hate editing. I hate culling. I hate this. <laughs> I hate that. And But I remember going back like six years ago, seven years ago when I first started, man, and I and obviously didn't edit and I wasn't a good photographer. And I still believe I'm not because I still want to get better. But I remember how much time I had to practice. Like I remember buying a, man, a mannequin taking it out to a coffee shop. I don't know if I told you this is a bit weird, right? You like, have not told me no, this, man. This is unreal. There was no X-rated things doing, right? Like, so, But like, <laughs> I, I used to take a mannequin out to the coffee shop and photograph it and look at the light and move it around and carry it everywhere and put it on the ground. I'd spend three hours a day practicing with that mannequin because I was so like stoked. I was like, holy shit, like look at this photo everyone of my mannequin. <laughs> but what it did is free up time to obviously facilitate the thing that I was really interested in at that time to traject me on a like a super steep learning curve, but I had the time putting in. Or I could go surf and I could chill out and I could clear my mindset and I could do other things like gym. And I was still running a personal training business at the time of, you know, I mean, I was only stopped personal training two years ago, but it gave me that like, forget about that, do what I love. And man, like, mm. like the special thing so much for the listeners out there, like you can do this for your partner. Like you can do this for your kids. Mm. You know, like thinking about schooling, Toby, hey, like oh, I look yeah, at, look, I, I mean, yeah, bro. Like I, I just thinking, I mean, we won't go right into schooling, but like obviously being a homeschooling father with a son with a disability, if I did that matrix for him, but I mean, I know if he went to a, a general pop school, the matrix would shift all the way to the left. He would be doing everything that he hates doing. He'd be doing everything that he's not good at. But we're like, you know, I'm an advocate for homeschooling or whatever works for your thing. But like, there's never once we push him into learning and stuff like that if he's not ready for it. And it's something unconsciously we've done, which is a matrix for him. But like, when you do that, you can really start facilitating. I mean, to the listeners out there, man, I'm going to put up like a little graph or something on the blog so you guys can <laughs> jump on the website and see how simple this is. It takes you five minutes. It's and so it, good. It can honestly change your business. It can change your everything in your life. Now, you said something interesting a while ago, Toby. You said when you and your team get together, you do visionary meets or vision meets. I saw you right in there. Tell me what that means. <laughs> yeah, cool, man. So I, again, I, I suppose this comes down to my experience, so my upbringing, uh, my my parents are both business owners, and you know a lot of people. Again, that that term in itself, I, I think, is an interesting one because uh, when and ever you say business owner, everyone's like, oh fuck, they're loaded, all right, yeah, they're yeah. doing it. You know, it's it's so not the case. You know, my parents are the hardest workers I've ever met in my life, and and are still waiting for their big break. Right, mm. so I grew up in the back of the fish and chip shop, 
And I, I used to wake up in the morning, go to work, go to school, come back and go to work, right? Like that was my life. A lot of people would look at that and go, fuck that shit. I loved it. And genuinely loved it. I mean, not all the time. Uh, I hated when I was going to a mate's house and someone caught up <laughs> sick and mum and dad was like, fuck, you're working. That sucked. But for the most part, it was awesome. And genuinely, the person I am today, I think, is, is certainly from my parents and, and, um, and what they've done for me um, and taught me. But, but a lot of that, from a business perspective, has come from that experience working in the fish and chip shop. And, and I, I, I go back to that for this vision meet thing because I learned from my friends who worked with my parents, you know, they would always whinge about my parents and my parents would always whinge about the, the team, right? And don't get me wrong, it was a great working environment. I just feel like that's a very normal thing, yes, for um, sure. you know, for, for a lot of businesses, right? So for me, I was like, fuck it. Like when I do my own business, I, I don't want that shit. And, you know, a lot of people, they talk about this concept around, I work to live, I don't live to work. Yeah. Which I think is a great motto. But my kind of theory is if you, you can live whilst at work, you know, that's fucking even better, right? <laughs> like, um, you know, like why, why does work and living have yeah. to be at, at ends, right? So for me, again, we spend nine hours a day eight hours a day at work, right? Depending on what you do. So for me, I was like, well, fuck, when I when my team go to work, I want them to to not only love what they do, spend 80% of their time, hopefully in their genius mode, but also I want them to spend the time and understanding that we as a company understand where it is that they want to get to. And so the only way that I'm going to fucking find that out is by asking. Like, I can't just assume that every EP that comes out of um, a university wants to be an EP when they're 60 years old, right? And ready to retire. That's a very, very bad assumption considering, you know, the, the dropout rate after five years is something like 67, 65%, which is outrageous for me. I'm like, well, you know, for an industry that I believe is phenomenal, you know, why is everyone fucking leaving? So that there's another reason why this industry sucks. But that's the reason I exist, right? To try and solve that problem as well. I can't wait to, to do that. So vision me to enable me to understand why this person exists, you know, what their vision is. Like, what are they trying to achieve as a human? And how can the company be a vessel to help them achieve that? So a lot of the time, you know, some some of the team in there would be like, dude, I'd really love to to be able to work three days a week and be a knowledge specialist. And, you know, I, I would really love to be able to share education and information to others. I'd love to teach. So I'm like, great. How can the company help get you there? You know, what, what do you got to learn? And how can the company help bridge that gap between where you are right now and, and becoming an educator? So all of those kind of things, you know, we do in a business to try and ensure that we're building the connection by with, you know, the purpose of the, the, the person and what they're doing every day for work. So once, you, I mean, I know you've got your team, but it's not like you're obviously, mm. you're hiring every single week. Once you've sat down with the team or individuals on an individual basis and worked out the mm -hmm. matrix and worked out, you know, the left and right columns during the vision meets, like obviously it becomes now to a productive task for them to achieve rather than just a repeating cycle of, you know, let's go back through the matrix every single week. Like, is that more what the visionary meet is type thing? To go back and, and re-evaluate? Re yeah, yeah. Because obviously you've broken them down to so they get more clarity and understanding of where they want to go. And you're, you're well aware of that as a CVO mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. But what's the next step? Once they get that, you know, are you repeating that each week? Are you just going back through the things each week or are you saying how we, okay, cool. You said to me, you wanted to work three days a week and you wanted a side hustle or something like that. What are you doing to achieve that? 
Yeah, cool. So, uh, like, this is where, you, you know, it comes into management pathways and, and all that kind of thing, right? So, you want to be able to help them to put stepping stones in place to, to making and helping them achieve that. So, I think it depends very much on the industry as to what different kinds of things people want to achieve. So, oftentimes, when people come into exercise physiology, they got into that industry for a reason and a purpose. And so, that, you know, it's all about trying to help facilitate that to happen so vision meets on every week obviously they're they're a lot more infrequent than that um but we do catch up you know it's not just once and set and forget we ensure that there's action plans being put in place and and our management team so my management like the whole premise of this business is we want people to be pushing We, we don't want the guys sitting up in their fucking ivory towers trying to pull people up with them you know, like I want for my team the same thing I had. Like I got incredible people on board that were like, okay, dude, I want to, I want, I want to achieve this. I want to do this. And I was like, holy shit. All right. Well, I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to raise the roof so that, you know, I'm not putting a glass ceiling on anybody's head, you know, and the opportunities that the business creates and I can create for them is bigger and better than where they're at right now. So I suppose the whole premise is the team is there to help the other people. So as you move into management, to me, there's management and leadership and they both oftentimes come hand in hand, but they are very different. Um, and so we, we segregate those two things and make sure that both are getting achieved. Yeah. That makes sense. hundred percent. I think you said mm. a key word there is like creating stepping stones to get to yeah. that. If your goal is to be more of a photographer, well, let's create stepping stones to get you towards that. Now you're aware of the time that's spent yes. on these things. How can we reduce that time or, or bring someone in that's, that's great at that and enjoys that? to give you more time for that hence stepping stone. Mm. I want to go back and then I'm coming back. When we first caught up just then on this podcast, you said you were there to create industry change. Do you believe that business owners need to have that in them to succeed on a higher level than just being in a mass market? It's a really good question. To me, a business owner is a leader. That's the way I look at them. Yes. And some people are good at leading and some people are not good at leading. And therefore, you could make the statement, some people are not good business owners and some are. And that's a wild statement for me to make. But I, I genuinely believe it. I think every leader has their own trajectory and their own version of what success looks like. And I don't believe that there is a wrong version of what that looks like. So some people may want to start a business because they want to create financial freedom for, for themselves and their family. And, and that's a good enough reason. In my opinion, that's a good enough reason. They just need to be sure to understand what that looks like and what that is. And can you be successful in doing it? I, I believe that most people, you know, that is their goal and that's what they do and, and that's what they achieve. So it depends on what your variation or, or, or version of success looks like. Again, success could be becoming an incredible practitioner or becoming an incredible photographer. And you may not be the, the owner of a business to do that. I believe the movers and shakers of this world the ones that create an influence on a global scale or even a national scale, a big scale, are usually those who develop or create some form of change. And it depends on what your version of success is. Do you think we need to know our version of success? Great question. I think, um, I keep saying that, right? You're just full of great <laughs> questions, right? <Yeah. laughs> um, Cool. I, I think it's really important for fulfillment. So I, again, it, it depends on what, you know, do you think we need to know it? I think to be fulfilled, I oftentimes create, uh, quote Tony Robbins um, on this one. I, I, I really liked his model and, and I've shared it with you. So he has like six 
a need to human fulfillment as connection, significance, growth, contribution, connection, variability, and certainty, which I love. I, you know, truly, I love, I love that. So I, I think to have fulfillment, you need to have some level of, in, in terms of that, you need to have some level of certainty as to where you're going at that point in time. So to answer your question around, do you need to know what your vision is? I think you need to have a vision or at least a direction or at least a goal mm. in mind. You, you have to be on a pathway to feel fulfilled. Otherwise, you're just getting stuck mm. in you know the, the motion of the everyday life. But I also don't believe that that vision can't change. I mm. think that vision is very dynamic. And I think that for those out there who have their life purpose, you're very fucking fortunate. <laughs> and I don't believe you need to know your life purpose mm. to be fulfilled and successful. I, I think it's phenomenal if you've got that, but I think you need some sort of purpose and vision to feel fulfilled. Mm. Mm. Solid answer. I know um, when you shared Tony Robbins module or whatever you'd call it there, uncertainty being number six, that's correct? Yeah, I I, that was not yeah. any particular... Uh, like, I remember though when I, when I did listen to this and I read it and I'm like, that's why I'm feeling like I am. Because at that mm. time, I was selling a house. Everything's uncertain due to COVID and business. And I was like, man, I am not fulfilled. I am just like, I'm not pushing. I'm not creating change because uncertainty right now in this, in this life and in this time that we're at. It's real interesting how you break things down. Like, how do you retain so much knowledge? <laughs> quotes, mate. I love quotes. No, no. Um, <laughs> I suppose quotes and reflection. In all honesty, I genuinely actually don't believe I have that much knowledge. If you talk about volume, one thing that I'm a big believer of, which is very much contrary to popular belief, you know, those who say you should be reading thousands of books a year and all this kind of thing. I don't read a lot. I listen or read frequently, but I often listen and read the same shit over and over again, right? Because to me, this is this awesome quote again, but I think Jim Rohn, I think um, I heard it by a gentleman called Jason Pilgrim um, who did some mentoring with, uh, for me a little while ago. But um, to know and not to do is not to know. Repeat that. Um, so I'm repeat that. Yeah, yeah. To know and not to do is not to know. <laughs> so it's like, what's the purpose of all this knowledge if you don't actually apply it? Mm. So, and I, and I think a lot of people get caught up in this trap in reading and learning learning and learning and learning and to me the the way i i turn this in 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 my life and my business is you can know things but not understand them you know and i know that that was a big yeah. point that you and i discussed as well right and true understanding is what creates a change and oftentimes that's what we're looking for when we're reading right we're, we're looking to improve and adapt and um and and level up so you know you got to understand shit to be able to level up Man, uh, this is bringing me straight back to laying on that bench press at the gym with you. And, you know, like, I love it how you teach because you're never like, that's wrong. You're just like, why do you do it like that? Like, where does that knowledge come from? And a lot of it was just like, hey, man, like this guy showed me this and I just went along with it or whatever. But and then I took away that saying that you've taught me, which is seek to understand understand why you're doing things so you can therefore make it your assumption of what you believe is the best way forward. And it's funny, um, I was reading a book. When, when, when you helped me break things down in my life and my business, 
I realized like, you know, like after school, I couldn't read, blah, blah, blah. And then obviously learned to read properly and still super slow, but like enjoying reading. And But then I read this book and, and you came into my life really, you know, at all more of a consistent basis to help me. And the book was like, he was saying that like a lot of people just see productivity in reading and mm. to be productive is to be you know, like doing things is to like feel successful or feel like you're accomplishing things. And I looked at my honesty, man, I like, I mean, I had this little library and like, I like pulled the um, door open in the library and looked at all these books. And I was just like, I'm going to sit here for a second if see if I can remember anything from all of them. And I'm like, yep, nothing, nothing, nothing. nothing. <laughs> honestly, yeah. tell you, but at the same time, you had taught me to seek to understand and stuff like this. And that's it. I am not just scrolling on Instagram and wasting time. Reading's better than that. Yes. Okay. I agree to that. But I am not retaining anything I'm learning on this. This is my, hey, I'm going to act productive right now. Yeah. Feeding your ego, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Don't, don't interrupt. I'm reading a book and I'm getting somewhere in life. You sit on social media. <laughs> and yeah, man, it's, it's so wild when you think about that. Hey, like you can sit and watch a tutorial on YouTube of how to run a business. And is that different than sitting on social media? Well, it depends what you do after it, right? Right. And and let's not kid ourselves, man. This goes as far as fucking university. Mm, oh, yeah. You, I mean, I know, went to uni so for two many, weeks, man, and dropped out. <laughs> right. But people go through a whole fucking course going, hey, man, I'm productive. I'm going to be successful. Don't, I'll go to uni. Don't worry about it. And you, they come out the other end and they fucking can't remember anything mm. they've taught over the last four years. Mm. Mm. And I, I got to quote my mom here, man. And, and it was um, something that in a conversation I had with her the other day, and she called me out on it, which was fucking awesome. I love it when this happens. And I, I pull myself up on this all the time. She goes, you know, general conversation. Hey, man, how are you going? And I, obviously she didn't call me, man. No, she's like, hi, Tobias, how are you? She likes my full name. And uh, I was like, yeah, mom, I'm super busy right now. And she's like, oh, is that right? Busy, huh? And I was like, yeah, I'm fucking busy as. And she goes, you know, good on you. And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, I'm actually trying not to use that word because it is a word in society that is often attributed to productivity and, hey, man, yeah, I'm fucking busy as. It's like, oh, man, you must be important. Oh, that's cool. You're super busy. It's like this thing. that It's like calling yourself an entrepreneur when you've just created a job for yourself. It's this concept or this this word that we're like, it's just, and it goes, the reason I bought this up, it's the same as it's a book thing, right? Hey man, I'm I'm busy reading my book. I'm fucking progressive, you know, <laughs> because I'm busy and I'm reading a book. I'm doubly as important here. It's like, man, like, really? Are you? Is that beneficial? Are you moving forward from that? So yeah, go back to your your, your whole knowledge thing. I just want to say one more thing, just in case I don't get to, a chance to, um, or it's not the right time. Patterns, dude. It's it's another thing that helps me a lot. I listen and I, I watch a fair bit of stuff um, and I, I often re read and watch things over and over again. But one thing that has become abundantly clear to me is that there is a few things that cross and are the same amongst all successful people. So, you know, you, you may watch a podcast um, like this one or, you know, something like Impact or something, you know, that has a lot of successful people on it and the podcast may be about success. And what I realized was, you would have a fucking mountain climber that did that at Mount Everest and you'd have like the Dalai Lama and you'd have like this billionaire and completely different people, completely different purposes in life. But there were so many things that all three of those people did 
on a daily basis that were the same and that they all felt the need to say on these podcasts that I was like, fuck me, that has to be important. And then I was like, right, I need to understand that. So I think too many people get caught up in, in listening to just what's in front mm. of them and not trying to connect the dots between multiple things. You know, when talking about reading the book, there's so many different ways to skin a cat, they say, right? There's so many different ways to say the same thing. How many books do you need to read saying the yeah. same fucking thing mm. before you start to understand what they're trying to tell you? When you say, Toby, you've seen similarities in a lot of people that have created change, whether that's physical, mental, financially. What were those things that were similar? It's really cool, man. Uh, so I, there's a few weird ones that I'm, I'm yet to em- employ. Um, and then there's a few others that are a little bit more evident, a little bit more obvious. So one of the ones I found really interesting that I'm yet to employ or delve into deeper was meditation. Super interesting. I'm not an incredibly spiritual person myself, but a lot of these guys are doing some sort of meditation, whether that be spiritual meditation or whether it be, you know, just mindfulness or, or it's, you know, stepping away from reality and just sitting down and listening to themselves and, and their thoughts. That's incredible. And another one where maybe like literally waking up and having a morning ritual. But oftentimes, you know, when you when I looked at it, a lot of it came down to habits and mindset. So, you know, creating good habits and no matter, even even the act of having a habit and being able to create a habit, it was something that all these people could do a lot. You know, you ask someone who, how, you know, how did you climb the mountain? They'll say hours and hours yeah. and hours and hours of training. You know, you ask someone. How, how did they create a business? Hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. and hours of, of sitting down trying to learn the trade. You ask the Dalai Lama, hours and hours and hours and hours of study, right? So frequency was something that often came up. It wasn't so much necessarily even the quality. It was a lot of it was frequency. So yeah, and then there's a whole bunch of other little weird ones, man, like drinking water in the morning and all the other crazy <laughs> shit. That like not, um, not alcohol, yeah. <laughs> not alcohol in the morning. No, no, apparently not, man. That's barely when not. things go Another downhill, one. hey. <laughs> That's what they say, man. (laughs) So with yourself, like obviously, you know, a lot of people know to take, you know, to make change. We need, I mean, we're breaking it down here. To make change, whatever that looks like for you, you need to create good habits, right? And and frequently. And, you know, whether that's a diet or whatever, you know, I look at people like when I was personal training, working in the gyms, those those people with great physiques and now I'm like, man, you're super strong mentally. You have a strong sense of of habit and daily habits to say no to those social things that are influencing other people that may not just be as strong you know and that's why I was always like that was an easy thing for me to do is to kind of set my mind to a physical goal and go I'm not having a cheat meal for 6 months you know like let's see if everyone else can do this but staying on on this side of things like for yourself and the knowledge that you have now Toby understanding how patterns are a vital thing to creating change and success, whatever that looks like for you. Do you ever find sometimes that you fall short? You're like, man, like I should be doing work, but it's Saturday. Or I I should be reading and retaining knowledge, but I'm off with my friends. How does that, you know, that balance work for yourself? Because I know me personally, I find it very hard to balance that. But now I'm more aware that productivity doesn't just mean reading. That's right. To be completely honest, it's, it's really weird and funny for me. And, and, and I'm going to try and... It's, I'm almost going to try and make myself sound like a saint here, but I'm not at all. It's actually a huge issue. But I love what I do so much that it's usually the other way for me, right? I work too much and, and 
work too much. And, and I say work too much. It's not too much because I fucking love it. But I sometimes neglect other parts of my life, which I shouldn't because I'm that ingrained mm. in what it, what it is I'm doing and, and the pathway that I'm taking. So the answer is, yeah, dude, I, I often, you know, fall off the bandwagon. To quote Atomic Habits, which is a is a really cool book I'm or listening for the second time because uh, I'm, I'm a massive um, Audible fan, is to create like these set of rules. For, for me, it's rules. So I like rules. I like flexibility and freedom. That's that's my personality trait. Like if you try and structure my day too much or my week too much, I, I get almost like the idea of claustrophobic and pissed mm. off. Like I don't like that. I like the ability to be a bit more flexible. But on things that are really important to me, I create a lot of structure and, and rules in place. And if I fall off those rules in Atomic Habits, it puts it really, really nicely. And you should only ever fall off once, right? Like, so if you fall off, right, and you're meant to be working and instead you chose to to go and hang out with your mates and you know that was a bad decision, just make sure you don't do it again the next day. Yeah. And uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you've got to allow for some level of freedom. But but then you go back and yeah, I could go on a huge tangent here, right? You should set yourself up for like for, for success. Sorry, you should always set yourself up for success. So when you're starting to develop a habit, you should make it super fucking yes. easy, really achievable. You should reward good behavior. It's super funny. Again, talk about patterns, man. Like for those people listening who have a dog, think about how you train your dog to do anything mm. and do the same fucking thing for yourself. Like genuinely, it's a re- there's a reason it works for your dog, and it is ingrained in yes. us as animals to the same thing. If if we do something and we get a treat for it, whatever that treat looks like, mm. and it was super easy to do, I'm going to do it again, man, because I want that treat. Yes. If I do something and I immediately p- get punished for that, whether it be from myself or someone else, I'm not going to do that shit again. Like, again, the patterns are everywhere. Like, look at something that you've been able to develop. This is why I love exercise, right? And exercise physiology and health, because oftentimes people really struggle with it because genuinely technology and the way of the future and the modernization of our society is making it more and more difficult to be physically healthy. Yes. Because of, you know, technology, you know, we can order our food, like our groceries, we can literally jump on our phone and get them delivered to our door nowadays, right? We don't even have to go to the shops anymore where previously we had to go hunt and gather our food. So if you're able to combat modern society and then move towards technology by keeping your body physically uh, healthy, the chances are you, you've done that by, well, there, there is no other other way to do it than develop good healthy behaviors and if you can develop good healthy behaviors with all the odds stuck up against you you can create good habits in just about anything in your life you've just got to understand the process that you talk and apply it to everything else that's why i love it so much man and and if you ask me what i do as an ep i, I help make successful humans yeah i love that i'm yeah. going to go to two things you just said then you said like creating rules like making it easier for yourself and because we are talking about like health and nutrition and it's an it's an easy thing i think talking about health sports nutrition it's such an malleable thing to take over to business rather than yeah. the complexity of business and going i don't get it but then when you're like yeah, you're number three on the field you're number eight that's good but you said like creating rules are you for example healthy eating we all understand mm-hmm. the importance of it it's tough right like Mm. You got to prep. You got to go groceries. You've got to take that time. You've got to cook. You got to clean. You got to eat it because it doesn't taste great. Like sometimes, you know, depending on how how, how good you are. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like I'm pretty basic sometimes. I just eat to eat. 
And that's one one thing that's always in my mind. I'm like eating for my body, not for my mouth. Mm. But creating a rule. So like, do you feel as though, you know, like with all these like food delivery services and you can get healthy meals straight at your door, like Uber, whatever, like you can get all your weekly meals straight away. Do you feel as though with that service that now the world you know, is offering that it's not allowing us to mentally change because I feel like friends of mine who have got meals delivered and that, you know, that, Hey, I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to be healthy. and I'm going to get out. And then they go get this box of 15 meals a week. And I'm like, I, I get it. Like that's a better move than what you're doing. And that may help you, but you haven't changed your mind yet. I don't know. Is that a kind Can of... Can you flesh that out for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because I know for myself, like health and nutrition mm-hmm. is super important. It's been in my life for 10, 12 years, like so, mm-hmm. so strong. My beliefs in it. And I'm like, I can say no to something so easily in front of everyone or more than happy to take a Tupperware container out for dinner, depending on what's for dinner, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like other people in my life, like for example, my sister, right? Like she's not mentally strong enough to say no or resist things, but I know she also wants her goals as strong as I do. But I feel like sometimes things are handed to them on a platter. Too easily, right? Yeah, too yeah, easily. Yeah, gotcha. Even when I was like personal training, I'd be like, you know, like a personal trainer is great to get you going, but sooner or later, you got to fucking lace up your shoes, get out there <laughs> when it's raining and hit that pavement, man, because I'm not going to be next to you all your life. Yeah, no. Fuck it up. Or, you know, like just have this kind of temporary fix. Nice. Cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump on that yeah. on, on a few different ways, right? Like I love this question. This is actually really, really cool. You just keep getting better with it, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> process, bro. So so this is my, my thing, right? Again, Atomic Habits, dude. Honestly, it's a fucking epic book. I'm going through it the second time through. And again, so many quotes and things to learn from it. It's, it's amazing. It just puts into words um, some some cool concepts that I've been thinking about for ages, but never really knew how to word them. And then others that I didn't even think of. You can have a goal, right? And the goal sets up where you want to go, right? So when you start anything, you put a goal and you put it out in front and you go, that's where I'm going. That's what I'm going to achieve. So if we use the concept of healthy eating, I'm, I, I'm going to, I'm going to eat healthy, you know, fulfill all my micro and macronutrient, and it's going to be at the perfect kilojoule input that towards the output that I'm willing to do. And that's going to help me get to the, not only the physical um, size and, and shape that I want, but I'm going to be super healthy in the way of doing that. That's my goal, right? Now, if I just go ahead and try and make that happen, there's a whole bunch of habits, obviously, like we talked about, that I'm going to have to start to implement to get there, right? And depending on how far away from that goal that is, it's going to be harder and harder to get there, yeah? So if you're, if you're already like cooking meals at home and, and doing all the hard yards in terms of grocery shopping and doing all that shit or, and don't go out often and, and don't have a lot of temptation in your life, it's probably going to be a lot easier to get and achieve that goal, right? Mm. Um, and the process of doing that just means that, you know, instead of going down this aisle in the shopping center, I can go down this one. And I know that this one's got, you know, healthier alternatives to the other one, right? So you set yourself up the rules, right? I'm not going to go down that aisle. I'm going to go down this aisle, things like that. It's the process, however, that puts the bottom run. So if you talk about a carrot and a stick, yeah, the carrot is your goal. I'm going to, I'm going to try and get that carrot. But you're only going to go as far back as the stick starts smacking you. Yeah. Yep. So if you don't have a process, a set of rules and instructions for you to achieve that goal, you've got no stick. Yeah. And a lot of people talk about plans. Yeah. Here's a plan. But a plan is just going, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get there and this is how I'm going to get there. It's not a habit, right? 
So I talk about process and habit being almost the same thing. Yeah. These are the set of behaviors that I'm going to adapt. I am that person who is going to eat that way. And, and I'm going to follow this trajectory. And, and I'm, if, if I fall backwards behind that process, I'm going to fucking punish myself. But without that process in place, you, you don't ever actually feel like you've gone backwards and you don't, you don't actually ever get smacked with the stick. So you may have that goal, but you may be going further and further away from it. So I'm going to come back to your theory, right, on the food situation and, and the concept around is the food readiness or the availability of making things so easy for ourselves, preventing us from getting there. I'm going to say yes and no, right? I'm going to be a bit of a fence sitter here because I think depending on where you are at the beginning of that journey, you need to make it fucking easy. Mm. Because if you're used to picking up like Maccas on the way home from work and in your eyes, time poor, it's going to be fucking hard to stop at the grocery store and then bring buy all the food and then come home and then cook it, right? So the first step may be, all right, I'm going to buy healthy packaged meals that I just got to put in the microwave or the oven when I get home. No, it's not fucking perfect. And no, it's not my goal, but it's part of my process. It's mm. step one. You know, step two may be getting something like, you know, HelloFresh or something like that where they get delivered, but you still have to cook it. Yeah. Mm. And then step three, maybe, you know, fuck HelloFresh. I'm going to go buy the shit myself. Yeah. Nice. And then step four might be to get to that area. But without that process, now without that set of procedures and building those habits, you're never going to get there. And if you go straight to the grocery thing, it's going to be mm. so fucking hard that you're actually probably not going to get there either. So I think that you've got to do both. I think you've got to set yourself up for success by making it actually fucking easy for yourself. You know, if you, if you talk about the same thing in, in regards to physical activity and exercise, if you absolutely hate the gym yes. and your goal is to become a gym junkie, you go and just spend five minutes in the gym on the treadmill, I guarantee you in two weeks, you're going to want to do something else in the gym and you're going to spend more than five minutes. Mm. And that made me, that's making it so easy to actually physically go to the gym. It's step one, right? And then you build that process in place. So I think it's important to note those things, right? I don't think it's a bad thing, but I think it's a bad thing if you're not conscious of yes. it. And, you know, when you, when you use your example, sorry, man, I'm going no, ham this on this great. question. Your strength, and you talk about that strength and resilience, you know, to, to use another word, resilience on, on sticking to the process, because we're, we're granted that we've got a process. Fuck yeah, absolutely. If it's really easy for you to stick to the process, as soon as temptation gets in your way, like by going out and wanting yes. to eat out with your friends and stuff, it's going to be a lot harder for you to say no, right? Because you're at the beginning of that process and, and you aren't resilient to those kind of things because you, know, you haven't committed as much as someone who's gone to the grocery shop and making the food and doing that thing, right? Because to fall off the bandwagon, yes. it's like, you know, if you're on step one and you fall back to ground zero, it doesn't hurt that much. You know, it, it sucks, but it doesn't hurt that much. If you're on step four and fall back to ground zero by going out and eating, that fucking hurts. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So uh, to me, again, it's, it's about the person and where they are, what step they're on to start with. Yeah, you build resilience as you go. That's super strong. And like the, what, how you break that down, like that goes into everything, right? Like, 100%. Business mentors, coaches, personal trainers, they're all there to like a stepping stone, right? Like mm. to not be, they can be with you forever, but like most commonly, they're there to transition you to the next stage. And whether that's more mental strength or more knowledge, like you are in my life right now, you came in at a time where I want to push things and I knew I needed someone for that, unconsciously, not even thinking really about it. 
in that terms of, hey, I need to put a process in place in order for me to achieve the next thing because I may not have the knowledge or I might need the accountability, just like physical fitness, just like anything. It's, it's, yeah, man, you got a, you got a special way, Tobes, of, uh, <laughs> not, not just your quotations, mates, but uh, <laughs> the way you break it down and simplify things, man, because there's so much noise out there. It's not even just in the health and fitness, but there's so much noise out there. Just, I mean, look at my library, right? There was, that was a lot of mm. words, right? <laughs> a lot of words that I remember about 10 of them. What, one I did say to Thank you the you, other day, my absolute pleasure, my man. When, when I listened on um, the Diaries of a CEO, another amazing podcast, Got and, and he was, uh, yeah, no, and, and he was interviewing the, the member that I was telling you, he's interviewing yes. the, um, Deliveroo, CEO, yes. founder. And bro, like I paused it and rewound it and replayed it and rewound it and was like, hold on, he didn't just say that, did he? And I know I said this to you because it's like you have such a strong purpose and such a strong why. Like obviously a lot of us, we struggle to find it, right? Like we're, we're mm. searching for it so often and it's like, man, there's got to be an answer out there. And whether it comes in our life or it doesn't come in our life, we kind of got to be happy with that, I believe. You can still be searching for it. But anyway, guys, the Deliveroo driver, multi, multi-billionaire, sorry, Deliveroo CEO, multi, multi-billionaire, the host of the podcast asked him, what was he up to last night? Just a, hey, what's a day in the CEO's life look like? The founder. And he was like, yeah, I was just like delivering meals. And he's like, Excuse me? And he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I deliver four meals every night generally to get fit and healthy and stuff. And the guy's like, hold on, hold on. Like, you're a billionaire and you're on a push bike delivering meals in the middle of London. But he said to the host, I didn't create this business to step away from this business. I created this business because I was so passionate about helping people get food on time, healthy food, and also to create healthy versions of our riders and facilitate their needs to make them healthy and to also pay them. I didn't create it to go, hey, this is going to get so big and I'm going to fuck off. Uh, and yeah, good luck on everyone. Like I do it because I want to stay active. Otherwise, I'm sitting in an office chair 10 hours a day talking smack and meetings. But I'm actually not knowing what's happening on the ground or else. Why, why, why would I? Yeah. And anyway, I won't go down that hole, but... I fucking love that. Yeah, and, yeah. It, it was special. Hey, like you don't, you don't, you, I mean, when you picture the CEO of something so big, you're like, yeah, he drives a Ferrari, he's got slick hair, he's got Prada sunnies, you know, like, I mean, I know it doesn't have to be that, but it's, it's very society driven. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. And this guy's on a push bike, man, like battling roads and he's a billionaire, like amazing. Because he wants to stay fit, right? That's right. And that was, and that's what was his created. purpose, man. Yeah. Like he's like, dude, I want to get like, and like, I want to speak to the guys on the ground. Not like he was like, I don't want to just sit in a boardroom and say, "Hey, we have an issue here." Remember, I was, he said like there was a restaurant that he was picking up from, and they told him pretty much to shut up and wait. And he was like, mm. and the guys like, "Did you tell him you're CEO?" And he's like, "No, why would I?" And he's like, "I mean, wouldn't you want them to change?" He's like, "100 percent," but I'm doing it another way, not to kind of throw my ego at them like I'm anything better than them. But how I'm going to do it is, I now know what the other people in the boardroom don't know about this mm. restaurant and all the other riders getting treated like shit. That's not fair. Yeah. I, anyway, man, that was special. No, it's fucking special. And I want to, uh, there's something else to that, man, that, that a lot of people won't understand is that every time he goes to that boardroom, I guarantee you nearly every single person in that room would tell him he's a fucking idiot for doing it. 
And the reason that they'd, they'd be like, dude, you are literally putting the company on the line every mm. time you get on that bike. What happens if you get run over by a car? What happens if Very this true. happens to you? What happens if this happens? I guarantee you that's what they'll be mm. saying to him. And his, his answer to them would be, this is more important than me and my life getting the, the possibility of this maybe happening. Like that's genuinely what he would be thinking. Otherwise he wouldn't be doing it. And if to know what is up against him, not only is it like, oh my God, that's so fucking impressive. You're a billionaire guy and doing yeah. that thing. But to actually know that he would be getting resistance to him doing that, probably every single day he goes to work, makes it even that much more special. It's interesting you say that. Real interesting you say that because I would love to be in the boardroom. Maybe, maybe it's just where I am in business. And obviously you have a team and stuff like that. And you can kind of see more of that. Like that is that is reality. Mm. I was like, man, I would like if that was my CEO, I'd be like, dude, like let's hit it every day. Let's come up with like a a breakdown of each night about like better better routes that our riders can take. Like let's sit down, like mm. let's come up with something. But but maybe that's just being someone more on the ground rather than in the boardroom. Oh, I, I think it's also again like the different type of person you are, man. Like you're an entrepreneur that's been you. You understand what it takes to build things up, you know. And 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 I guarantee. Well, I, I say I guarantee you that he'd be facing that every day. Things may have changed. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if yeah. If he's got a team that's been around for a little while, he they probably too see the value in him doing that, and and maybe won't say that now. But he would have hit that roadblock or that barrier at some point. I can guarantee it. Man. I want to jump on something real quick, man. I know that I know that we're, we've been talking for hours, but you said some people are, are chasing, you know, their purpose mm. and chasing their why. I felt the need to want to say something about that, man. Name one thing that we've ever done in our life that we've caught when chasing it. Mm. And let me let me reframe that again. Yeah. Name one thing that doesn't run away from us when we try and chase it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything runs away. Right? So if you're fucking chasing it, yeah. it's going to be very fucking hard to catch it. And and this is the whole premise to the beginning of our conversation yes. today, man, when we we're talking about the genius mode and, and doing things that we enjoy doing and spending 80% of our time in our genius mode. If we're focused heavily on enjoying and being fulfilled and finding the things that make us happy, oftentimes that purpose will come to us. Mm. You know, like I, I did not fucking sit there and go, Oh my God, you know, what is it that I want to do to, to help the world? You know, I, I'll be honest, dude, I'm not a saint like that. Like it just didn't fucking happen. Mm. You know, I was sitting there and I'm like, Holy shit. I am so intrigued by the way people think. And, and I, I love the human body. And I think that health is so fucking important. That wasn't, I mean, I, I became an EP because I wanted to create a fucking Facebook for health professionals. That was the reason I became an EP, mm. not because I wanted to change the industry and felt that there was that greater purpose and reason for existence. I then, uh, like, this kind of purpose and this journey that I'm on found me from me being in a place that I felt fulfilled and I enjoyed. Mm, man, let's keep rolling. This yeah. is amazing, man. Love unpicking your mind. So you're saying then like those things like genius mode, self-reflection, matrix work, that can help us then find our why rather than trying to chase it or sitting on YouTube and thinking what it looked like would look like. Mm. Because sometimes I know for me, when I felt unpurposefully driven in life, I would read more books and I would try and learn more and I would fucking 
pull my hair out and just be like, "What? I know I have more to give in this life." And and you know, I'm like that every day. But another friend of mine, Shane Trudillo, he's a spiritual coach in Sydney, and he always used to say to me, "Dude, just sit down and shut up for an hour and just be outside. No stimulation, one bit." And I remember when I did that. This is going back years now, dude. I just broke and just started crying, and I didn't know why. And I did that every single day for about four weeks. Solitude, wow. time and solitude. And he was like, how hard is it? I was like, dude, it's terribly hard Like to sit for one hour and turn off. Like, How hard is that? You mm. know, Not even check the time. But going into like self-reflection and things you're talking about here, Tobes, mm. is that not chasing it? No. Or we're breaking it down and to look at more objectively of what that looks like? So I'm... Great question. Um, fuck, here I go again. <laughs> I'm going to loop that over this whole yeah. podcast. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I don't think so, man. I, I, I don't think so. I think what you're doing is you're creating a process, right? If you, if you go back again, patterns, your goal may be to find your purpose if mm. that's what really what you want to achieve. But you're not going to get to your purpose if you just focus on trying to get to that purpose. You're going to get there by creating mm. a process and kind of sticking and developing good habits and even if you don't know what that goal is i mean i think you've got to have a goal but it doesn't need to be the light like your your goal may just be you know to to hit this level of success in your business or it might be to help so many people or it might be hey i i just want to create this in my life that doesn't necessarily need to i think we can all find something that we're we're looking to try and achieve you know what I mean? And I think the the tough question, the one that everyone struggles with, and often to be honest with you, how's this for how's this for statement? I think that most people who are out there actively chasing to find their, their life purpose are more, and this is I have no data to back this up, but this would be incredibly fascinating, are more likely to get depressed than those who are just creating and enjoying their life day to day. There's got to be a true statement there. Right. It has to be, yeah. Because to me, if you're getting those six things, right? Mm. If you're working on, like actively trying to work on becoming connected, you know, growing in some way, shape, or form, finding significance to what you do, connection, all those things, right? Creating some sort of certainty to what you are here doing today, you know, or, or what your goal is and, and creating certainty around a process of what you're going to be doing. Mm. And there's enough variability in that, that you're not getting bored, you know, you will become fulfilled and then uh, something will come to you, man. Mm. You know what I mean? It will come to you. It will be drawn to you. Right. And, and I'm not, I'm not getting involved in this whole, you know, fucking secret thing. Although I find that law of attraction, incredibly interesting. Mm. I think that, if we focus on creating fulfillment in our life by developing a process that makes us happy, that ticks those boxes, we're more likely to, to kind of be attracted to something that we are good at and things that we enjoy doing, which there's a reason those things happen. Mm. There's a reason that we like certain things and there's a reason that, that you know, we, we, we are good at certain things. And so oftentimes I believe that that will manifest us into some sort of greater purpose or, or reason, right? And even if it doesn't, you know, what the fuck is the worst thing that happened? Yeah. Is you created an amazing life of fulfillment. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if you're fucking sitting here trying to chase this yeah. thing, all you're doing is feeling depressed about mm. not being there or knowing what it is. Man, and you're doing more of the thing or you're doing less of the things that actually make you happy. Exactly, right? Because Which you're, therefore you're is seeing- adding to the whole mix of depression, 
anger, exactly. frustration. And you're actually spending more time doing the things that you don't like doing. So which is finding out that you don't, you're not fulfilled. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it doesn't connect. So get out there and do more of the things that you enjoy doing. Exactly. You know, things that make you feel connected, things that make you feel you're like you're growing, you know, that you're increasing your understanding on things, contributing to something, you know, there's a reason here. Okay. Talk about a pattern. Nearly every one of those incredibly successful people have some sort of giving part of their nature, mm. right? They, they have a philanthropy or, or of some description. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that, that they're giving and, and they're philanthropists usually is going to help tick off that box of feeling like they're contributing. So all of these things is that it's not it's not a coincidence that these super successful people are, are ticking these boxes and the ones that aren't that's not a coincidence. Contribution is such a big thing, isn't it? Just like helping others or being a, like someone there to listen to someone, you know. Like mm. I, I made it. Lewis Howes, another amazing podcast, uh, School of Greatness. Man, he's done thousands of episodes, and um, I remember one, and he was like, "Every day you should be trying to." contribute to someone else's life to make them smile. And I really made mm. it like, this is going back about a year now. And yeah, sometimes, I mean, I might not see anyone for the whole day, but <laughs> but I really like made it my mission. Like if I'd go out, I'd just give someone some money or like be at the grocery shop and buy someone's groceries in front of me. You know, generally not everyone's groceries depending on how, what they're buying. <laughs> and he had this thing, what would fulfill you more? Getting $20 or giving $20? Because he said you get $20, it just goes in your wallet and you probably just pay for petrol or just get a coffee and a croissant, whatever. But you give $20. You're constantly thinking how far that's going to go for that person. And it may only just go to a couple of coffees. But Mm. it also may pay for a kid's school book. And and I remember the last time I did this, I I gave some money to someone that was homeless and and burly. And I actually... (laughs) It was pretty funny. We went out for dinner. I got all my my wallet and I had cash in my pocket. And I was like, oh, there's a person. So I, I thought I had like fives, tens, you know, I'm cool. And I pulled out a 50 and she was there and I was like, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was like, well, oh, this is like my dinner money, right? And I'm like, yeah. gave it to her. And the person I was next to was like, hey, what are we eating for dinner now? And I was like, shit, I, can I offer it back, you reckon? <laughs> like, <laughs> and I like, no, like, I was like, holy, and you know, I gave it to her. And and like I had a quick like sudden of oh shit that was like a lot of money right like that's that's not change that's dinner money and I'm starving but then I went fuck I imagine what that could do for that person if used in the right yeah. way and it may not be used in the right way it might go down to drugs and alcohol but it also may not and I was like that fifty dollars mm. was going to get me you know a poke bowl and a, and a fresh juice man I can skip that shit one night mm. good to skip that for the possibility of this money not going to drugs and alcohol, but maybe to groceries for a week. Yeah. I mean, everyone can confirm that giving someone groceries for a week or having a meal out, what makes you more fulfilled, right? Right. And again, like what did that mean to that person? Like, you know, you go from, you know, what you're talking about physically. Mm. I mean, think about the psychological effect that that had on that person, but not only the person that you gave it to, but all the other people around you that you mm. gave that, like when giving that money. Right. So uh, there's two things, examples here. Um, you know, my, my, the most fondest memory I have of mum talking about my dad, right. was on their very first date 
they were out at a bar and a guy came up to my dad and asked him for money. He got his wallet out and he emptied it. And my mom to this day still talks about that. Wow. And that is, you know, the, you know, so not only did it probably help that guy who came up to that bar, but that generosity created a connection, which is another mm. thing for human fulfillment, right? Between mom and mom and dad. Yeah. And I think this is why I, I love you, your craft, right? That's obviously why, you know, we, we got you in for our wedding. Yeah. I think you do incredible photography, but if you go back to the very first comment that I made in this podcast, we asked people to explain our relationship. The reason that you have come into my life and, and that we are able to help each other on the level that we do is because of the connection and that contribution that I knew you were going to give to my special day. It had absolutely, I didn't even know how much you fucking charged. Honestly, you know, when I was like, gas, you know, we're using that. Like, and it was because I knew the sincerity in you when you gave that video to me in, in an email. Uh, and, and I know for well that you, you have that connection with every single one of your clients. And, and I'm not saying this to drum you up. I mean it. Like the reason why people connect with you on the level that they do is because you actually give a shit, not only about the photography that you do, all the conversations I have with you about your work is all to do with the contribution that you have on the, that person's wedding day. Very rarely do you actually talk about the photography. And that contribution that you have on that person creates that connection, which gives them certainty that they're going to have an amazing day or at least photography, the photographs of their amazing day. So all of these things are interconnected. And then look where we are now. Right. And who would have thought, again, yeah. You know, donating your time to... No, to opposite, man. Yeah, opposite, cool. bro. No, no. But yeah, like there, there wasn't a monetary value given to you or a financial gain. It was just time and mm. passion without beating my own horn. But like being there, not trying to stress in, in a very tough situation for you and your family. Mm. And now it's like, I didn't expect anything from it. I didn't even think about that. Like, no, I just did it because I actually cared and, and, and went through a similar thing in my life. And was like, holy shit, I'm, I'm going to be there, man, for this. Like, life's pretty short. And if I have this opportunity to do this for, you know, whatever, no charge and, and just be there. Mm. And now I'm just like, you know, and now, now you're giving me the most incredible generosity of helping me in business and life. And I'm just like, this, this is what, two, two years after, you know? Yeah. Two yeah, years, yeah. right? Hey. Yeah, yeah. And um and here we are now and and I hope for people like if you give that person fifty dollars on the street they do use it in the right way and and maybe that can buy a shirt for them to go get a job interview you know like that imagine yeah. that man imagine Dude. giving fifty bucks and then you're walking down the street in six months time and someone's like hey 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 I know you you bought the shirt that I used at my first job interview to get clean and now I have my own house yeah. Fuck, huh? 50 bucks. Come on. Yeah. I'm just going to be flicking 50s everywhere now. <laughs> just, I'm just see making, it rain, that, eh? making it rain. Making it rain. Maybe I give the shirt, not the 50. Yeah, yeah, right. Maybe yeah, I give yeah. the shirt. I love this, man. Hey, um, that's cool. Toby, my man, we've been through every single uh, variation <laughs> of life and business. And um, from the bottom of my heart, my man, I know you're not leaving, 
ever in my life, hopefully. But um, Never, for, for right now, my man, I just want to let you know how much I honestly appreciate your time, your being here. You are creating change, not just in Atkins, in my life. And I, I want to tell you. you, I know it's hard to hear sometimes, but I want to tell you how grateful I am, my man, about just the service that you provide to everyone that you encounter with. Like you have totally transformed my life, my man. Like I'm telling you that. And it's been an honor like to have you on this podcast because I know so many of the listeners are just going to be like, what, not a photographer? Who's this? Like, <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I want to tell all the listeners as well, guys, like you don't have to have a photographer in your side. You may be really great at photography, but you may be looking at other things to help in life. And this is where Toby is with me. I'll link out to Atkins Health. I'll link out to Principles and, and Atomic Habits and all the books that we've mentioned. Maybe a few quotations from Tobes might come up with a few <laughs> more. But yeah, appreciate your time, my man. Oh, dude, it's been an absolute pleasure. I, um, I appreciate anyone who's willing to listen to me waffle. So um, yeah, absolutely. My absolute pleasure, dude. And absolutely, man. Lifelong friends. I love it. <laughs>